0: You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, interviews from the 80s, 90s, and
1: 2000s with voices from
0: the past. My card, it's hot pink, and on one side of it has our website, and on the other side it says, lick you all over 10 cents, ask about our other specialties, and I'll tell you, no one loses my business card.
2: The founder of the Sweet Potato Queens, Jill Connor Brown, today on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. A 41-year tradition continues this weekend in Jackson, Mississippi with the annual St. Patrick's Day Parade featuring the Sweet Potato Queens. The Queens were founded by Jill Connor Brown and a few of her friends four decades ago. In the years since then, it has grown into an honored tradition and has spawned several best-selling books by Jill Connor Brown. I first met her in 2001 when the second of her books was published called God Save the Sweet Potato Queens. So, here now, from 2001, Jill Connor-Brown. For the uninitiated, give us a little bit of background.
1: Who are the Sweet the Potato The Sweet
0: Potato queens? queens are, of course, me, and I'm the boss of, of all of them. It's um, eight of my, or seven of my friends. We started in 1982 in Jackson, Mississippi, with the St. Patrick's Day Parade, Mal's St. Patty's Parade in Jackson, and um, we started with just, riding in the back of a pickup truck and wearing green ball gowns and smiling and waving and throwing sweet potatoes through (laughs) downtown Jackson in uh, 5 o'clock traffic to a bewildered public. (laughs) And it has grown now to where um, there are eight queens and we um, last year had people from 22 states came to join what we call the Million Queen March and probably 80,000 people in in attendance And it's taken on a life of its own.
1: So what are the qualification requirements to be a sweet potato queen? You have to please me.
0: (laughs) It's my deal. It was my idea. I'm the boss of the whole thing. They have to kiss my butt six ways to Sunday. (laughs) And they do it happily.
1: See the, the, your, your your book is so subtle and so just erudite and refined. <laughs> that it was just uh, <laughs>
0: an interviewer once asked me who what what uh, who had had the least influence on my work. It said Cotton Mather. <laughs> 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 They're a little spicy. They're a little spicy.
1: Uh, I, I, apparently, in one of the chapters, as I was reading, uh, you have discovered as many authors before you have that not every interviewer has actually read, read your the book. book. This is, this must have come with quite a shock.
0: Quite a shock. I'm stunned. I mean, what else could they possibly have to do but read my book? Uh, it's uh, It does make it easier when, if they've at least read the liner notes. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> have you ever gotten this as well, well uh, so uh, what brings you to town?
0: Oh, well, no, in uh, at a live television show once in a city out west... They had not read anything, nor line, nothing, and but had decided what the book was about and persisted in this line of questioning that, I mean, I'm just scrambling, you know, mentally, and, and finally it just started to, and I kept trying to, you know, you do the thing of, well, that's a good question, but isn't the point really, you know, and try to, and they just would not let me steer them in the right direction, so finally... They did it again. And I said, you know, I really can't speak to that. It has nothing whatsoever to do with what my book's about. Just (laughs) smiled real big. (laughs) She said, fine, now you figure it out.
1: (laughs) What else is a sweet potato queen to do? Right. (laughs) <laughs> right, you have to be in charge at all times. Well, did, did you know at the outset what uh, I mean? Once once the first book is coming out, it's a bestseller. It's still number three hundred and something on Amazon. Out of right, you know, it
0: was eighty over the weekend. Eight, it goes eight, up eight, and down eight
1: gazillion titles that they have. Right. Know, anything above ten thousand is 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 quite good. Yes, uh, but it's still selling well. Now you got another book. It's uh, this too is like in the th- two and three hundred right. somewhere along mm-hmm. the way. Did you know what kind of material was 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 uh, was going to be in this book when the first one came? I mean, do you already have them all like kind of planned out? What's it's going to be a Well, big there's, book.
0: there's no plan, but it's, um, <laughs> it's kind of stream of consciousness. But it's, you know, they're all going to be about us. And, you know, we never cease to amuse and entertain ourselves, so there's pretty much an endless supply.
1: And, of course, then they start to feed on each other. Material, a right. Stories oh, and,
0: and right. you know, we have a website, SweepShadowQueens.com, and I get emails literally from all over the world. I mean, it, and um, I answer every one of them. And people have written and just told me hilarious stuff. And a lot of it is included in, in book two. And they send me recipes. And, you know, in the in the new book, In God Save the Sweet Potato Queens, one of the things I talk about is the, the six words that a man can say to a woman just to just melt her heart instantly. And that that is, um, oh, no, let me handle that. And I had an email from a woman... And uh, she said she was reading the book aloud to her husband, and, and got to the part with the six words. And goes, I, "I know, I know, I know." And she said, "What?" <laughs> and he said, "I love you. Here's some money," <laughs> which I thought
1: was a, a pretty good runner-up. <laughs> that is, you know, th- those are both very. He was handy. a
0: good guy. I told her, I said, "One false move, honey. He's mine.
1: <laughs> I'm watching you." You know, you could uh, uh, for a marketing thing, you'd have little laminated business card size things with with one phrase on one side, and right. the other phrase on the other side. So either way, a guy turns it up; it's it's going to work either way.
0: Well, you know, my card uh, that I'll give you before I leave is it's hot pink, and on one side it's it has our website, and on the other side it says "lick you all over ten cents." Ask about our other specialties. <laughs> and I'll tell you, no one loses my business card. <laughs>
1: Do you find, though, that sometimes people have trouble taking you seriously?
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm glad when they don't take me seriously.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you do have to be careful. All right, all right. I would have a big dime collection if they took me seriously. There's, there's a lot of stuff in there that people could really take the wrong way if they had no sense of humor.
0: Well, uh, if they have no sense of humor looking at the cover of this book, they're not going to buy it anyway. So... <laughs> But I I, I I get nothing but positive emails. I
1: was just going to say, I mean, I looked at the reader comments on Amazon. Right. You know, five stars all the way down the line, right. which is it's, very rare. I'm very grateful.
0: and uh, But, you know, I think laughter is one of the greatest blessings that we're given. And I really do feel a true spiritual sense of mission about this. And the, the letters I get, you know, one woman wrote and said she'd had to put her favorite Aunt Mary in the nursing home. And it just broke her heart, and she went to see her every day. And they would run out of conversation after they'd covered, you know, I can't breathe, I can't sleep in here, my foot hurts. And so she started reading to her from my books. And they were just laughing fit to kill. And then all the other people in the home started coming in and the staff. And so I sent her a Sweet Potato Queens wannabe certificate, and they hung it over her bed. She's the most popular girl in the nursing home, which is my goal in life. And Aunt Mary is 99.
2: (laughs) That just makes me so happy. After this short break, Jill Connor Brown explains who should be reading her book and maybe who shouldn't. Now back to my 2001 interview with Jill Connor Brown. I, I couldn't help wondering, now,
1: do, do young girls get it? I mean, it, do- it crosses all lines. Now,
0: I don't want real young girls to read it. I mean, my daughter is turning 13 this Can month. You? She hasn't read my books. I mean, she's read the parts that are about her. or the And, and by and large, the books are, are you know, they're sweet books. They're sweet and funny. They're just a few spicy things thrown in that, you know, I don't think the really young people need to be reading
1: yet. But, um, it's good, clean adult entertainment. But
0: as far as, you know teenagers 19 20 you know it it crosses i would say from 17 18 to 99 and uh, but it crosses age lines gender lines sexual orientation lines racial lines i mean what other lines are there i mean it just um we've proven that it is possible to please everybody all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, go through, the, if you would, the, the five kinds of man that every woman needs.
0: All right. Uh, the, the five men that every woman must have in her life at all times. This advice was given to us by Liddy Henley Caldwell, who is an actress in her own right, very fine actress, but she's also the mother of Beth Henley, who's the Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright from Jackson. And Miss Liddy told us that and I have to give her credit because in the first book I did not credit her and she was she's still mad at me. So Miss Liddy told us that you must have um, one to talk to, one to dance with, one who can fix things one who can pay for things and one to have hot sex with.
1: <laughs> and the good news is
0: <laughs> all but four of them can be gay. <laughs> all but one of them can be gay. Rather, all but one.
1: Yes. I, just, now are men supposed to read this book or is this? Absolutely a, is this a It ladies would serve club? them
0: well <laughs> to read it um, because it would uh, it would just give them some insight and some clear direction. in in how to behave and to keep their woman happy.
1: Because it occurred to me, you know, the, the, the bookstore bookstore shelves are filled with these books on how to understand women and how to communicate and how to improve your relationship and uh, have a better marriage, Ten Steps to Bliss. Yes, but this one really will. What yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need is this. There's a lot more common sense in here than there is in any of those Mars and Venus books. It's although he makes a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you sometimes feel like you're on on a woman or women are, to whatever planet women are from and whatever planet men are right, from? Right, well,
0: you know, where did I read? somewhere it said, you know, if they can put one man on the moon, why can't they send them all? (laughs) But no, this isn't, my books are not male bashing at all. Um, And guys read, if, what we found is if a woman reads it to a man, he gets all shifty-eyed and defensive and like he's about to be in trouble for something he doesn't know what. And, but if he reads it for himself, he'll blow coke out his nose. He'll laugh so hard. It's all true. And y'all know it. I grew up with a bunch of guys who told me everything. (laughs)
1: So, It's true. You're right. I've read a great deal. I have not read every single word on every single book. But But you will soon. I will soon. But you're right. It's not a male bashing book, but it does bash the males who deserve to be bashed. Right.
0: And whenever I have a male interviewer who will touch on that and say, you know, you say men who may need killing, you know, who would would you be speaking of? And I'll say, do you have daughters? (laughs) (laughs) And, And that's, you know.
1: Enough said. Brings it home. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now there's certain sweet. I'm sure queens... there are
0: women who need killing too, but it will be somebody else's job to write that. that that's
1: that's that's true. That's true. It's just I, th- I think there was one back in the 18th century yes. somewhere just, <laughs> so along the way. Uh, and now is there a certain vocabulary that goes along with being a sweet? So we have queen? a
0: glossary in in the in the new book. Like, what would a typical e- term explain be? some of them? Well, we have you know, fat mamas knock your neck and margarita mix and which is our, the official margarita of the Sweet Potato Queens, and there actually is a fat mama. She has a tamale <laughs> stand in Natchez, Mississippi, and we have the toll-free number for the Everyday Gourmet where you can order fat mamas. And, um, you know, of course, then there's um, uh, zippity Da, which is the official funeral song of Sweet Potato Queens for late and unlamented husbands. It does not apply to all departed spouses, but um, certainly some.
1: The the kind of spouses that you might see in a Kay Gibbons novel,
0: right? (laughs) Right. Kay Gibbons is is a major sweet potato queen wannabe. (laughs) She sent uh, when she first read the first book. She sent she didn't know how to get in touch with me, and she sent a fax to Johnny Evans, who owns the Lemuria Bookstore in Jackson, which is a very fine independent bookstore. And it was marked urgento. (laughs) She must make me a sweet potato queen now. I'll die. I mean, just. (laughs) <laughs> so she's great.
1: She's such a sweet lady. I, I, I love her to death whenever I interview Brilliant,
0: brilliant. One of the real writers, as I like to say. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yes. And, and so talented. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about what the usefulness of one of my favorite expressions, and it's just become part of my everyday vocabulary. I've already used it a couple of times since you've been here. I love to tell people, bless your heart. Bless well, your bless heart. Her, bless her heart, bless his well, heart.
0: what it does, um, particularly in the South, is if we want to say something really tacky about somebody, you know, you can you can say, you know, well he is just a lying cheating sack of Burton, you know, bless his heart. <laughs> and uh, which so you got to say, you got to really vent and say everything you wanted to say, but then you finish up with bless his heart <laughs> which leaves the hearer with, you know, a feeling of sweetness about about you. you know?
1: <laughs> How could you possibly be bad person? You just blessed his right. heart. Right, absolutely. <laughs> But this is, mm. we, we, should, uh, we should not mislead people. Sweet potato queens are not about deceit or deceitfulness. Oh, absolutely or, not. This is, in fact, right. this, is the, this, is, this is the essence of, of brash honesty. Absolutely.
0: 100% truth. <laughs>
2: Jill Connor Brown still reigns supreme as Queen Bee of the sweet potato queens. And the sweet potato queens now have thousands of members in 20 countries around the world. And you can find easy Amazon links to Jill Connor Brown's books at our website, heardeverything.com. And that's where you'll also find my 1994 interview with another writer who knows a thing or two about making men behave. In fact, Karen Salmonson wrote a book about... How to make men behave using the secrets of professional dog trainers.
1: I believe that these training tips work because um, dog and man do share so much in common. That the dog training tips work because it's really keying in on that. In fact, I think that dog is man's best friend for very deep psychological reasons.
2: And my 1992 conversation with someone else who knows a thing or two about male-female relationships, comedian Rita Rudner.
0: The more mortgages I have, the funnier I become. We moved into a new house and we can't sell our old house, and all of a sudden I started to write screenplays. I think one more mortgage and I might invent a cure for something.
2: And, of course, we post new episodes of Now I've Heard Everything here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and you can find us on every major podcast platform. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, on what would have been his 70th birthday, my interview, two of my interviews, actually, with the late comedian Louie Anderson.
1: No matter how successful and rich and, you know, famous I became, it didn't make me any happier. So I had to find inside what was really important.
2: That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson.